Good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Manish, and I'm the founder of Kulti Dialogue. Uh, we're a marketing agency specifically for tourism and travel in France. And we're based in London. Uh, it's been a long session since this morning, and some very specific and interesting topics have been covered by my fellow speakers. As the final speaker of the day, I, um, I want to give you um, a general overview of digital campaigns in the hope that I can leave you with uh, some ideas on how to move forward uh, within your digital journey. So just to uh, introduce my agency, um, like I said, we specialize in, in tourism and travel brands. I uh, work with DMOs, hotels, tour operators, and pretty much anyone in the travel and tourism industry. Um, these are some of the clients that we work quite regularly with. So, in today's agenda, um, I want to cover just very briefly about why you should do digital marketing, and, uh, and then move on to essential digital activities every business must do. Whether you're in tourism, travel, or even that you know, is uh, essential activities that everyone must be doing. After that, I, want, I have a few slides where I want to cover what more can you do aside from the essential activities. Um, I'll be sharing with you some examples and ideas on campaigns and different objectives and uh, different themes. Um, we'll outline a few steps to get started and uh, we can also briefly touch about um, uh, I'm doing it in-house versus using an agency. And then finally, I'll share with you some tips for successful tourism marketing. Um, I just want to say that some of my content is aimed at hotels, but the, I mean, the general principles apply to pretty much any kind of business, you know, any tourism business, attractions, tour operators, restaurants. So I know um, many of you are doing digital, but for those who are not doing digital, you know, um, it gives you the ability to track, strategize, measure, and learn about your, web, your website visitors via data and analytics. So it's definitely a lot more efficient and measurable. And when I say keep up and stay ahead of the competition, what I really mean is that if you're not doing digital, then you can be pretty sure your competitors are doing digital. Um, you have, with digital, you, know, you can reach a highly targeted audience. Um, and unlike traditional media like um, newspapers, print ads, televisions, radio, um, uh, you can be more specific about who you want to target. You, know, you have plenty of choices there. And then you have a vast variety of uh, ways in which you can reach them, social, banner ads, email, um, or search. You know, there's, so many, there's so many different ways you can reach them. And because of all these reasons, you know, you can achieve a higher ROI and, and revenue from, uh, from digital. So moving on, um, essential activities. You know, what I really mean is that these are things that you should be doing 24-7, 365 days a year. You have no excuse not to do these. You know. These are absolutely essential activities. You know. And um, Although social media and SEO are part of these essential activities, uh, but I will not be covering these today as uh, our speakers have covered it in quite detail. You know. uh, but I am going to focus on two strategies that I think that uh, you should definitely be doing 
So number one is retargeting. Um, may I ask how many of you are doing retargeting or remarketing? Okay. <laughs> All right, so it definitely makes sense. Um, and how many of you know how retargeting works? Okay. So uh, just a quick overview. It's been covered in one of the previous slides as well, I think. Um, retargeting, as you might have seen, if you're shopping for something online, you browse a pair of shoes and then those ads chase you all the time online and until you buy them. And uh, so, so that's how it works. Uh, user visits your website, you've got a cookie that they accept, uh, they browse on your website, and then they leave your website, and then they visit other websites on the internet, and then uh, through retargeting they see your ad, and after that uh, they click on it, and they come back to your website where you want them to finish a desired action. So why should you retarget your web visitors? Um, I've got an interesting scenario for hotels, but like I said initially, uh, this is useful for not just for hotels, but for anyone, you know. So, so picture this scenario. A user searches for hotels in Geneva, and they land on an OTA's website, an OTA like booking.com or hotels.com, Expedia, and on all of those websites, they see your hotel. And um, so they browse around, they look at the images, they look at the price and everything, but they're still not ready to book. So then they decide to visit your hotel's website directly to find out more. Perhaps they want to see uh, if, if, your rate, if you have a different rate, if you have a better rate than the OTA, or uh, if they want to find out a little bit more about the facilities and um, uh, the amenities in your hotel. Um, so they visit your website to look for more information, and you would hope that they would um, that they would uh, book directly. But instead, after browsing your website, they leave without making a booking. So, did you just lose uh, one of your most desired target audience? And uh, if so, then what can you do? So what we do here is that uh, if you have retargeting in place, you can uh, you get a second chance basically before they book elsewhere. And how you do that is um, through your retargeting message. You, know, you you can offer them added value to bring them back. Maybe um, maybe a special discount or something, or maybe some other uh, facilities or. Or benefits that uh, that you can offer directly, but the OTA cannot. Um, and with that, the user then revisits your website, and you now have a better chance to convert them. So, um, so that's why retargeting uh, is a great strategy. Um, uh, so, so firstly, you get a chance to convert organic, non-paying visitors originating directly uh, or indirectly from OTA and other high-intent sources, you know. And why I say that is because um, you can piggyback on OTA's marketing budgets because um, OTA spend a huge amount to drive traffic to their own website, um, to paid search and other channels, to display. And what you're really getting in there is all the traffic that they are spending money on uh, is coming free on your website. You know? So why wouldn't you want to make use of that? You, know? um, you can save or commission fees uh, if you book if you if your retargeting helps to book directly on your website. 
and it's actually more cost-effective. Um, it's a more cost-effective tactic to convert high-intent visitors compared to other tactics such as PPC, um, which may be slightly higher, um, I think considerably higher uh, compared to retargeting. Um, retargeting is better than display because you will see higher CTRs and conversions. And like I said, you know, it's not just for hotels, but for any business. You know, whether if you're an attraction tour operator, you should definitely retarget. You, know. um, you can set up retargeting on channels like um, uh, Google AdWords or uh, Facebook. And, uh, there's various options there. Um, my next strategy uh, under the essentials is paid search. And um, how many of you do paid search? That's fairly low. But, um, so paid search is, is actually um, PPC, as they call it as well. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not as cheap as retargeting, but it's your next best channel to attract visitors with high intent. And for those of you who've not uh, seen what a paid search ad looks like, it's um, what you see at the top there, which says ad, that is a paid search result. And directly underneath that is organic search results. You know. So why is paid search a great strategy? The number one reason is that it's intent-based audience. People who are searching for uh, your business or um, let's say hotels in Geneva or, or attractions in Geneva, you know, these are absolutely high intent-based uh, audience. You know. And it's your opportunity, if you're a hotel, it's your opportunity to convert them before uh, the OTA does. And, um, and it's not significantly more expensive to bid against OTAs if you use brand keywords. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next slide. Um, you might be asking that you've spent a lot of money on SEO, you've done really great, and your organic results are fantastic. So why should you do, why should you do paid search? Um, well, the reason is that um, uh, First of all, organic and paid search results are beginning to look quite identical, uh, especially Google, uh, the way they display search results is looking quite identical. Secondly, top position is better and two links are better than one. You know? um, and and uh, lastly, um, you have site links, you know? I'll show you site links quickly and I'll then come back to the slide. Site links, uh, as if you've seen on search results, you know, uh, you have extra links at the, uh, on your paid search and you can show anything you want to there, special offers, your image gallery, or, or anything you like, you know. Now, you could say that site links can, be, can show up even for uh, organic results, but the difference is that you have no control over organic uh, site links, you know. Uh, Google will display whatever it seems uh, is relevant, you know. But with paid search, you can display uh, whatever site links you actually want to. So there's definitely an advantage over there. And why should you bid on branded keywords? Um, let me start by giving you an example of what a branded keyword is. You know. So for example, Atlantic Hotel in Paris, you know, that, that, that keyword, Atlantic Hotel Paris, is a branded keyword, a brand keyword for Atlantic Hotel. And this is a great strategy. Branded keywords is a great strategy for for hotels especially because it's way, I, I feel it's way too competitive to compete against uh, the OTAs in terms of bidding on keywords, you know. If you bid on hotels in Geneva, um, the OTAs are likely going to beat you to that you know, in terms of uh, getting the top spot 
So, but with branded keywords, um, you have a much better chance here. Uh, users who make branded search queries are closer to converting. That's definitely a reason why you should be doing it. And uh, it's a high intent audience. You know? If somebody is searching for Atlantic Hotel in Paris, that means that uh, they have some desire to book uh, that hotel. You know? And uh, with branded keywords, you get lower CPCs and you get higher CTRs, uh, click-through rates and cost per click, compared to uh, more, gene more generic competitive terms like hotels in Geneva or attractions, things to do with Geneva, you know, um, it's, it's much cheaper if you bid on your branded keywords. And the last reason is that your competitors could be bidding on your branded keywords, you know, so um, it's absolutely essential that you should take control of your own branded keywords and bid on your branded keywords. Those are my two essential strategies that I recommend for hotels and uh, anyone in the tourism and travel sector. And um, now I would like to cover uh, digital campaigns, you know, and why you should be doing campaigns and steps to get started and share some examples and ideas. You know. um, with digital, I mean, you might wonder that with your essential activities, you know, you're targeting people with high intent, uh, you're using page search, retargeting, and these are strategies that I recommend that you do throughout the year. So then you might ask, that if you're doing all that throughout the year, why would you want to do something else, you know? Why would you want to do specific campaigns? Um, let me start with uh, the steps. Uh, uh, so, in terms, of, in, in, in terms of why you should do specific campaigns, you know, um, you can reach a wider audience at more frequent intervals, you know. Uh, doing special digital campaigns allows you to capitalize on seasons and events, you know. You may be having campaigns you're retargeting and PPC run 12 months a year, but if you if you want to do something during the low season or the high season or during the festive uh, periods, then um, digital campaigns is your answer for that. You know? <coughs> and you can do it to increase awareness and to boost revenues in addition to what you're already doing with your essential activities. So in terms of the different steps to execute a digital campaign, you know. Um, essentially, you start with a, choosing your objective, you decide your campaign theme, choose your target market, uh, you define KPIs, set budget, choose your tactics, set up the campaign, optimize, measure, and report. Um, so let's look at the first one, you know, choosing your objectives. You know. There's various different kinds of objectives over here. Um, and before you need to, I mean, before you start a campaign, you obviously must know what objective are you trying to fulfill. Um, so I'm going to share with you a few examples of um, different kinds of objectives you can base your campaigns on. This is an example of a brand or product awareness campaign. And this was done for Shannon Airport in Ireland, you know. Um, the, uh, the objective here was to uh, to reach uh, business travelers and inspire them to use um, uh, Shannon Airport because they had launched a new earlier flight to London Heathrow for business travelers that you could do more in a day. Uh, quite very useful for business travelers 
We're looking to fly in the morning and come back in the evening. So brand and product awareness campaigns are, are, are great uh, for uh, your business. Uh, lead generation, you know, um, you saw a few slides on lead generation in the presentation earlier. And um, with lead generation, um, how many of you are actually doing any sort of lead generation for your business? No, not many. Um, so uh, I'm guessing that you send out emails to your customers every month or every fortnight. So leads are nothing but um, uh, they um, their contacts, you know, and um, you can you can expand your database. If you have ten thousand people in your customer database, and if you want to do more, if you want to increase uh, your response rate from your lead generation from your uh, CRM activities, then you can do lead generation, get some new leads, and uh, hopefully improve your performance on your CRM campaigns. Um, so why should you do, um, uh, those are the reasons why you should be doing it. You know? And many times lead generation is, all, is almost always associated with some kind of a competition. Um, because you, in this day and age, you have to give something in return to get people's email address and name and phone number and all of those things. Sales generation. Um, these kind of campaigns, obviously, the call to actions are book now, purchase, download this, or buy now, or things like that. You know. Now, as marketers, you might, you would like to, in a fantasy world, you know, you would like to run, spend every dollar of your budget on sales generation campaigns. You might think, why should I do any brand awareness, or why should I uh, do any other kind of campaign if all my money can be spent on simply generating more revenue. Um, but in reality, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, you have to inspire your, your audience. You have to do some level of uh, brand awareness. And it's only after some level of brand awareness and inspiration, then you can go to your target audience with a message to buy from you, to book from you. So any sales generation campaign, if you're doing, before you inspire people or before you do some sort of a, some level of awareness campaigns, it's not going to generate great results. Either. So uh, you have to be aware of that. Um, social engagement campaigns is quite simple. You can do campaigns around your social media platforms, um, uh, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's an example of a campaign we did in Geneva with Geneva Tourism a few years ago, um, getting the locals and international visitors to share their experience of how their summer was in Geneva. Uh, so we were able to collect a lot of, uh, of user-generated pictures, photographs um, from, uh, from such a campaign. You know. Then you got social following. Uh, you may have 10,000 fans on Facebook or maybe 50,000. And if you feel that uh, you want to be expanding that and increasing it, then you can easily do more um, social fan building campaigns. So once you've decided your objective, you know, then you have to decide on a campaign theme. Now, 
there's so many different options you have here. You know, um, you can do it based on events, based on your destination, uh, festive, special offers. Let me give you some ideas over here. Um, Event-inspired campaigns, you know. Um, why should you create campaign around events? Um, well, the simple answer is events attract tourists and tourists are your customers. You want tourists, so you should be doing uh, campaigns around events. And for hotels, hotels can do special offer around major events in and around your city. Geneva has some really good events. You know, you've got the Motor Show, you've got the Montreal Jazz Festival near you. Um, there are many, uh, there are a few uh, quite interesting sporting events. And you could do events based around uh, arts and culture, you know. You can do campaigns based around them. For attractions, restaurants, and local businesses, you can create campaigns not only around major events, but events popular with locals, you know. Um, and it could be some popular theater or show. Um, uh, they don't necessarily have to be international events. You know. They can be local events, as long as they attract people from other cities in Switzerland. And that's what you want. You know. um, so you might ask that, what about, what about smaller events, really small events? You know? Is it worth creating any, any kind of uh, campaign around very small events? You know? Well, the answer is that um, if you can answer whether that's likely to create an, an overnight stay in Geneva or uh, a full day's worth of uh, visit, then, then you can definitely create uh, event, um, sort of campaigns around events here. Destination-inspired campaigns. Um, you have a beautiful city, you know, and you can do so many campaigns partnering with, uh, with DMO, with Geneva Tourism, with airlines, rail companies. And um, the message should be to inspire visitors to discover the unique aspects of your city, you know. And um, these kind of campaigns are quite, uh, it's, a, it's quite a good idea if you partner with, with one of the major um, uh, entities of your city or for, of your destination. Like uh, the companies, you can do festive campaigns, um, Christmas markets or Christmas themed campaigns, uh, New Year's, Valentine's, Easter. Now Black Friday is becoming so popular. Um, they're selling everything under Black Friday these days. Um, I don't know. Have any of you done any campaigns based on Black Friday? No. <laughs> okay. And then you have. Um, Special offer campaigns, and uh, special offer campaigns can be can be a great idea to uh, to do footfalls, uh, to increase footfall and boost revenues. And it's um, I mean I'm sure uh, the hotel industry you will be doing special offers from time to time, you know, attractions and uh, other tourism partners. Um, but the good thing about special offer campaigns is that you don't need to do them specially. You can also combine them with other kind of campaign objectives, you know. And uh, so that's a great way you, know, you can build campaigns around them. You, know. you can also do competition-based campaigns where you can get three different things from one campaign. 
You can generate awareness, you can collect leads, and you can increase engagement here. You can do all of these things here. This is a campaign we did a few years ago for uh, junior tourism, attracting uh, a women audience uh, from uh, other markets to spend a glamorous weekend in Geneva. And um, so uh, these kind of campaigns allow you to generate more awareness about your products um, and uh, being a competition-based campaign, lots of leads were collected and uh, there was a high degree of engagement between uh, uh, the audience. Yeah. Influencer as a topic has been covered today, so I'm not going to elaborate on that, but all I want to do is to give you my top five tips on what you should do when you do influencer campaigns. Yeah. Um, first of all, you should choose your influencers very carefully. Um, maybe a few years ago, there were not many influencers, but there are hundreds and thousands of them now. You know, how do you choose who is worth their money? You know? How do you choose uh, that you're getting the right one for your objective? So it's always a good idea to choose them very carefully. Go by recommendations, look at their audience, um, look at their activities, look at their engagement rates, and, and make a decision based on that. Um, if you have found the right influencer, then you should give them freedom for creativity. Now, why? Um, if you get a good influencer, and um, influencers can be quite creative. You know? They are influencers, they have followers, but they're also people who have uh, good skills at bringing out um, the USP or the unique experiences of your hotel, your attraction, or restaurant, or, or business. And, and they can either make a beautiful video or showcase your proposition in a very, very nice way. You know? So uh, where possible, give them the freedom to be creative. Um, the third point is quite, quite important, actually, because you should set aside budget for boosting posts. You know? For example, Challenge Sophie has 32,000 followers. You know? Um, which is on Instagram and about uh, 11,000 on Facebook. It's not bad, but if you were to do a campaign and if you do not set aside any budget for boosting posts, then you can be pretty sure that out of your 11,000 fans on Facebook, only a thousand or less might see your content. You know, organic reach uh, on social media is at its lowest now, and. Um, so if you have a budget to spend on an influencer, make sure it includes budget to boost the post and all the content from the influencer's uh, social channels. That's extremely important. Fourth point is um, always make sure that you sign contracts and negotiate uh, the deliverables with your influencers. It's quite important. Um, uh, with signing of contracts, you can be sure that you're getting, you're going to get what you have agreed and the, the deliverables are quite clearly specified so you don't have to be guessing what you're going to get at the end of the, of the, of the project. And finally, uh, I recommend assisting the influencer where possible. You know, if, it's a, if, the, if it's a solo influencer um, uh, and if they need some help with the camera work or taking a video, 
where the influencer needs to present and be in the video as well. So they might turn to you for some help or if, if you can spare the resource, it's a good idea to do that. So once you, so those are the sort of uh, uh, campaign sort of tactic, I mean the teams that you could use, you know. Once you've decided all that, um, you then need to decide how do you choose where to run your campaigns. Should you be local or should you be international? You know? and, uh, and the decision with that is, is, is really quite uh, based on, on what your objectives are and um, what is the product or service that you're trying to promote and uh, what offer are you promoting and things like that. You know? um, and it also depends upon, you need to take a good look at your business, your, uh, the data from your business. Where do, where do most of your customers come from? And uh, who are the ones where you can make them convert better you know, for your offer? So all of those uh, things you need to take into account and then decide uh, if you're going to be running your campaign locally, internationally, uh, yeah, one of those two. Once you've chosen your market, you then need to define key performance oh. indicators and set your budget. Um, KPIs, how do you define KPIs? Um, you start by answering questions like, how many conversions are desired? How many, uh, you might think that uh, you might have a plan to get 100 bookings in two or three months or, or maybe 50,000 visitors on your website, you know? So you need to sort of outline that, how much web traffic is needed to create desired conversions. You've got to define quality, you know? How do you define what is a good quality website visit or uh, a low quality website visit? You've got to sort of uh, define, it could be something like somebody spent uh, three minutes uh, as a session time or visited at least three or four pages on my website is a good quality website. But somebody who's, uh, who's been there only for like 15 seconds, you know it's not a great quality visit. You know? So you have to decide all these things in advance so that you can measure your campaign against these, these KPIs. And then you have to set budgets for your campaigns. Um, and this is purely based on how much budget you have for a given objective. You have tens of thousands of uh, francs to spend on your campaign, or, or you may have uh, fewer, I mean, lesser than that, and you may want to test something first to see uh, how the results are looking, and then you can set Typical budgets for certain types of campaigns. I mean, you can run. Um, not everything is uh, is majorly expensive. You could run some campaigns like retargeting or paid search with a test budget of about three or four thousand Swiss francs for a campaign. It's not difficult. Um, so once you've once you've um, uh, done that, then you need to choose uh, your tactics. You know how. How are you going to run your campaign? Where are you going to run your campaign? You know? um, uh, and tactics depends on a number of factors such as um, your marketing objective, uh, desired audience, and, and the budget. You know? So my recommendation is that you should choose channels with low investment. You know, that allows you low investment. You know? um, if you have a very precious budget that you don't want to waste and you don't want to throw away on trying experimenting with things, it's better to try with low investment on channels such as Facebook and these days, I mean, pretty much many channels allow you to do uh, 
they don't have a fixed budget you know but if you um, so yeah you can choose any of these channels and um, and uh, your campaign so once you've once you've chosen your tactics um, it's time to set up the campaign and do some testing as well so this involves setting up campaigns in chosen channels uh, what that means is that you've got to create a lot of adverts um, write copy and be creative and you've got to do all of those things and then you can start with the test budget and the most important thing when you're setting up campaigns when you're setting up digital campaigns is is tracking i cannot stress more the importance of tracking because this is going to tell you how well your campaign is done if your budget has delivered on the ROAS and on your, on your um, has it been worth it, you know? And if you don't set up tracking, like, uh, uh, then you won't know, you know? And there's so many ways that you can track. You've got UTM codes, pixels, conversion goals, event level tracking. There's never been a better time to track your campaign. There's so many tools at your disposal. You definitely should do that. Tools like, like Google Analytics, Tag Manager, Hotjar, so many of them. And then at the time of campaign setup, you should all, always set up some kind of reporting, you know, whether you do it manually or you can use an automated uh, reporting platform or reporting tool that aggregates data from several different channels. There are all these kinds of tools available now. You know. And uh, so you should set it up at campaign time because you or your uh, your uh, your director or your manager or your boss might want to see results, you know, uh, of the campaign every week or maybe every every two days, you know. So um, with your campaigns all set up and tested and live, um, how do you make sure that they will deliver on your on your objectives or on your KPIs? You know? So let's say uh, so you have to set media targets. You know, you've got to set like. The previous example I gave you that if you want to get 100 conversions, 100 bookings, or if you want to get like 50,000 visitors on your website, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you've got to give it time. You've got to sort of set some targets. You know, so to reach 100 bookings in two months or three months' time, you need to decide how how much how many do you need daily, weekly, or uh, or fortnightly, you know, or monthly. So you've got to set those kind of targets. And you have to monitor your budget and media performance against these targets quite regularly. Because um, that that's what will tell you uh, how much you need to, uh, what you're aiming for. And you need to optimize your campaigns very frequently. You know, By optimization, you can't just set a campaign live and then forget about it and then check it after two weeks or three weeks. You know, a lot can go wrong. You can lose your money really quickly. Um, so many things can happen, you know. You have to do very aggressive optimization. And depending upon what kind of a platform or tool you're using, what tactic you're using, there are so many different types of optimization strategies that you can use. Um, rotating your ad creative, formats, modifying the bids or your bidding strategy, trying different audiences. You know, for a paid search campaign, you can do things like add negative keywords or add new keywords and those kind of things, you know. So there's all of these kind of things that you should be doing as part of optimization. And finally, you should measure and report. Um, 
You should measure each, once your campaign is done, and even, this is not relevant after you finish your campaign, but you should be measuring campaigns while you're doing them. Every time you're reporting on your campaigns, you should be measuring them using tools like Google Analytics. You know. um, in terms of quality and quantity. So you can, you can do quality in terms of how, how many conversions have you received? You know. Are they good quality? You know. What is the cost per conversion? You know. If you get a conversion, but it's going three times, four times more than your cost per conversion, you obviously are not achieving what you set out to do. Um, then you can measure things like traffic quality. You know. All of these things, Google Analytics is a great way to, um, to give you that, that really detailed uh, insights into your campaign. You, know. you can find out where is your uh, traffic coming from, where are the conversions coming from, uh, what channel are they coming from. If you're running different tactics, you, know, you want to know, is Facebook delivering my conversions? Is Google AdWords delivering my conversion? Or, or is any other channel delivering? You know? Or is it organic? And you can also see things like behavior. You know, how are people behaving on your website? You, know? um, uh, you can see how many pages people visit. You can see things like um, where they go into their journey on your website. And at what point do they drop off? You know? And uh, how many of them actually enter the booking engine? You know? uh, all of these kind of different things you can see with Google Analytics, provided you set it up correctly. Those were the steps to uh, execute a digital campaign. Now I'll briefly talk about whether you should do digital campaigns in-house or uh, use an agency or a consultant. Well, there are pros and cons to doing both, you know. Um, if you work, if, uh, my recommendation is if you've got the skills and the resources in-house, uh, by all means, you should do your digital campaign. You should start with a small budget and try and do campaigns on your own. Um, and if you feel that you would be better assisted by an agency because of limited resources in-house or limited skills in-house, then, then an agency or a consultant would be a good choice. You know? Now, uh, how do you decide what kind of an agency to go for? There again, you have choices there. You could either decide to go for a local agency based in Geneva or Switzerland, or you could go for somebody international. Um, again, tough choices there, you know, because there's hundreds and thousands of agencies now, you know. Um, or you could go for somebody who's uh, either a generic or a specialist digital agency. Um, I can give you an example about us. We're specialists, um, but there are so many other agencies out there. Uh, so you can take all of these different things into account. You know. Obviously, if you go with a local agency, you have the benefit of um, of uh, language is not an issue. Uh, you can have more face-to-face -face, uh, meetings, and collaboration. But again, you know there are two sides to the coin. Um, with all this networking and communications, advanced communications, you can just as well be doing video conferencing with any agency based in China or even uh, the US or UK or whatever. You know. So, um, so yeah, there are plenty of options over there uh, with um, with agencies, you know, or anything else. Um, now I'm on my final slide now, and I'd like to share with you my five tips for successful tourism marketing. And my advice is that this is these are not just tips for successful tourism marketing. These are basic, basically the common sense tips. Uh, for any business, tourism or non-tourism, you know. 
Um, so the first one is campaign timing is absolutely crucial. I have seen a lot of clients come to us and say, oh, we're promoting this uh, offer or this, um, we need to create awareness or create bookings in for the season. People need to travel to this particular resort in December or January. And the campaign brief comes to us in November. Um, and obviously, it, it, it's not already doing wonders. Um, so, um, campaign timing is crucial. You know, if you want to plan for people to occupy your hotels or visit your destination at a certain time of the year, you have to start months in advance, you know, because people need time to decide. This is a holiday or a, a, that you're talking about. You know, people need time to consider your offer. Second point is know your customers. And it sounds obvious, you know, but um, knowing your customers is key to knowing who your target audience is going to be. And, um, and you don't, uh, and you don't need to do campaigns to find out who your target audience should be. You should know this even before you do any campaigns. You know? And um, you could know things like, and, and you need to really look at your business to see who your audience is, you know, who, uh, which, where are the people coming from, who's booking, you know, and who is not booking. So, um, so that's, that's pretty important. Keeping up the image. You know, um, successful tourism marketing relies heavily on building and keeping a good image, whether you're a destination, hotel, attraction, or any other kind of tourism-related business. You know. Great reviews, clear and engaging website, high-quality imagery on your website, and, of course, a genuinely good customer service. And all of these things are extremely important to keep your image, you know. And uh, I have to stress that uh, the image building is something you have to do, irrespective of any campaign. Campaigns are not going to do wonders if your image is not good. So you have to invest in that and you have to keep doing that. Um, and if you're doing a great job of keeping, uh, of uh, maintaining a good image about your brand and your hotel or attraction, then you should capitalize on user-generated content. You know? People are going to talk about your brand favorably, positively, and um, so you want, you want more of that. You know? So why should you not share it? You should obviously do uh, organic or campaigns to, to share everything good and positive that's been said about your brand. And my last tip, the final tip is, and that's because I'm an agency man, you should always, if you decide to work with an agency, you should always involve your agency right from the beginning. Even if you um, are, uh, if you are not, if you have not conceived your, your, your campaign idea, or if you are in the process of creating your idea, you'll be surprised how much value you can get from your agency if you involve them at an earlier stage. And um, that is, uh, that's a real benefit. And uh, yeah, that's it for me.